strong more than say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. Alright. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Let's just get on our, let's just get our Bibles, our notepads and pens ready as um, we get straight into the Word of God. Last week we began our series teaching on the subject of the church community and as we were studying and learning about the church community, there were many aspects that we got to dive into. Of course, one of the major aspects is to get to show us how the church has always been God's idea from the Old Testament And even though introduced in the New Testament, it has been his idea for God to make up a corporate people who have a corporate gathering and also carry out a corporate responsibility. Praise be to God. And we further, you know, went deeper to just explain how the church was established from the book of Acts, when Jesus Christ ascended, he left men uh, uh, to remain and wait on the Holy Spirit who was to cause them to help them begin the church. And the book of Acts shows us all those details where the church was built, established, it was, you know, uh, growing, expanding. And the will of God was made manifest in the church. Amen and amen. Later on, we see key figures that were being raised by God to establish churches in different uh, cities, towns, countries, and uh, spreading out to the nations of the world. And you see people like the Apostle Paul establish churches in Greece, you know, in Rome and just different parts of Asia. And uh, where we are right now, we can say the church of God has spread even to Africa, to America. And God is still doing his work through the church and in the church as the Holy Spirit is leading us. Praise be to God. We did also talk about how the church is, is, has a corporate people that come from different backgrounds, that come from different belief systems, that were exposed to different things altogether. And we said because 
we have people coming together who have different thought lines, different ideologies, uh, different belief systems, different backgrounds altogether. Then, as the church of God, uh, there is a place where certain things need to be addressed so that we can have a level of unity. Praise be to God. Why unity? The Bible tells us that uh, it is a good thing for brethren to dwell together in unity. For from there, all your flaws, alright, it flows from the headship to leadership to membership. And this is why uh, uh, certain things need to be addressed so that there is unity. In closing, I had uh, encouraged uh, you to uh, start studying the epistles, rather the letters that Paul had written to some of the churches, just for you to help yourself understand some of the things that we'll be sharing today. Amen and amen. I also asked for those uh, uh, every teaching to be reviewed. Ask your neighbor, did you review? If whatever answer they get, you should you should save it. If they said no, you should text me their names. Hallelujah. Ask them again. Did you review and answer them? Yeah. Naikosa. Uh, All right. <laughs> so today, in our part two of. Uh, the church community, I want us to see what the Lord Jesus Christ, through the, uh, through the workings of the Holy Spirit, through men again, was, you know, uh, was addressing in churches. That helped churches become strong. That helped churches become, uh, you know, built, all right? And... I, 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 have, I have about a nine-part uh, discussion which by the, by the help of the Holy Spirit has helped me, you know, address one of the fundamental things that uh, was dealt with within the churches. Today I'm going to start with um, maybe the first two, alright, and... Uh, what was fundamental in, in this first part that I was, I'm going to be teaching, okay? So I'm going to be talking about the things that were addressed. Number one, there was doctrine that was addressed. Number two, there, was, there were disciplines that were addressed. Number three, there were disputes that were addressed. So when I'm done with doctrines... Disciplines, disputes, then I'm going to go to prophecies, practices, and partnership. I may change a few along the way. Then after I'm done with that, I'm going to go to welfare, warfare, and worship. So, in, in all that nine, you know, major uh, leadings or major addresses, 
within the churches, I'll be speaking a lot. Amen and amen. But to start with, allow me to begin to show you how from the scriptures, one of the most fundamental things that was addressed when, when Paul was speaking to the churches or when the Holy Spirit was speaking to the churches is a major topic known as doctrine. Somebody say doctrine. Say it again. Say doctrine. Alright. Now, doctrine, I know many of you are familiar with the word doctrine and uh, sometimes use it uh, when you are making mention of a few other things. Now, doctrine comes from the Latin word doctrina and this word simply means to teach Instruct, to learn, and to know. That is from the Latin word. So the word doctrine comes from the Latin word doctrina, and this word means to teach, to instruct, to learn, and to know. However, when we use this word in Christian circles, Doctrine is simply truth that is either accepted or authoritative. It is a truth or a set of beliefs, a set of teachings that are presented for acceptance and belief. So when I present for you, to you a doctrinal message, the reason I'm presenting it to you is so that you accept it and believe it. So that you are governed by it. Hallelujah. That is why even when we're talking about doctrines in the Christian circles, there are doctrines like for example the doctrine of salvation. And in the doctrine of salvation, you and I get to a place where we believe that the Lord Jesus Christ was manifest, died for us, was, you know, resurrected. And by us believing and confessing that he did so and declaring the lordship of him, we are saved. Amen and amen. You believed that. So you took it as a doctrinal and an authoritative truth. You've accepted it. Amen and amen. So you, uh, you observe that in the Christian circles there are doctrines. But in as much as there are doctrines, there are also certain statements which are not necessarily doctrinal. They are not necessarily authoritative truth. They are more of like opinions. Okay? And you find them in the Bible. I'll give you an example of something that is written in scripture as maybe counsel, but is not necessarily doctrinal. Paul once said, um, if you are not yet married and you are burning, burning with passion, he said, marry. Someone say marry. Now, Paul gave that word as an advice. And he even says it, that this is my personal opinion. 
It says, if you are burning, marry. But even though he said that, that was not doctrinal. It is not authoritative truth. It doesn't mean everyone that is burning should marry. Glory to God. Now, while he expressed his opinion, I personally do not agree with his opinion because I'm a married man. Why? Why may I, why may I not agree with the opinion? Is because marriage does not stop lust. Marriage does not stop lust. Even in marriage, you may have to, and everyone has to learn the principles of patience. Amen and amen. You will not meet with your wife or your husband every day. Glory to God. What if your husband or your wife has been transferred to another town for work? Uh huh. Yet you are married. Are you telling me because you have a ring, your passion will stop? It won't. Glory to God. But we're not talking about uh, <laughs> the aspect of marriage. I'm just trying to uh, bring out to you how doctrine works within the body of Christ. Amen and amen. Now, if doctrine are sets of teachings that you need to accept and believe, then doctrine is very fundamental to every child of God. Why is it fundamental to every child of God? Because the doctrine that you accept will affect your entire Christianity. It will affect your entire Christianity. Yes. And in your, in your walk with God and in your Christianity, there is a place where you are receptive and there is a place where you work out certain things. So, let's say you accept the doctrine of faith. Because you accept the doctrine of faith which allows you to believe, then receiving from God will not be a problem. Because without faith it's impossible to please God, right? But if you accept other doctrines, then how you may behave, how you may act can also be affected. That's why if there is one major component that is addressed within the church, it is doctrine. Doctrine. You know, have you observed by nature shepherds love to protect flock? Hello? Shepherds love to protect flock. And so flock can be protected in so many ways. It is not just against spiritual attacks. It is not just against wolves. It is also against doctrine that is dangerous. Hello? And I really want you to understand when certain systems perhaps may be put in place to initiate preservation, sometimes someone can interpret it wrongly. 
And I'll show you as we're going as we're going on. Because doctrine is so dangerous that if you believe wrongly, today if you believe that Satana is your cousin, if you believe that, it will affect how you relate with him. Yes. It will really affect how you relate relate with him. If you believe that God is not as powerful as the enemy, it will affect how you relate with him. That's why doctrine is very fundamental and important. In Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 14, before even we get to verse 14, but you can, uh, media, you can get to verse 14. Before we get to verse 14, the Bible tells us how God raised men and women who will empower the church. He raised gifts in the form of apostles, prophets, teachers, who will empower the church in a certain way. Now, the reason why they would be empowered is so that they are prepared for the work of ministry and many other things, that they may become a perfect man. But in Ephesians 4, verse 14, there is something that is deliberately addressed towards men. It says that we should no longer be what? Children. <laughs> that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. It simply means there is a place while we are within the church. We need to be careful of doctrines that we are exposed to. Because doctrines can toss you to and fro. Here and there. In short, when doctrine is not established in the church, you become a confused person. Because you are moving to and fro. Amen and amen. Then it goes on to say, And carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunningness and the, and the cunning craftiness of this deceitful plotting. Next verse. It says, But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things in which him who is the head, Christ. It simply means for us to really settle in the arena of doctrine, we cannot separate growth and sound doctrine. So you need to grow spiritually. Hallelujah. Now, if verse 14 said, we need to be careful that we are not tossed around by every wind of doctrine, then that means there are different kinds of doctrines. Doctrines that may penetrate even the church circles. In short, there are different kinds of teachings. There are different kinds of instructions. There are different kinds 
of belief systems that are all around. Now, if there are different kinds, then we need to divide them in only two. Number one, doctrine that is true. And number two, doctrine that is false. So if you don't want to be tossed, listen, if you listen to, to, to true doctrine, then you shouldn't be tossed to and fro. The reason you are tossed to and fro is because you are accessing both true doctrine and false doctrine. That's the reason. It simply means you are testing truth and you are testing falsehood. It's like eating nice groundnuts with that bad one also in the middle. Have you ever eaten that? Eating nice ground and then you eat like a rotten one. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with that is that even though you ate a nice one, once you put the rotten one, you throw away the nice one as well. So at the end of the day, exposing yourself to false doctrine will make you vomit every other correct doctrine that you tested. Hallelujah. If we go a little bit further, if we go a little bit further and see the sources of false doctrine, you will understand something interesting. In Colossians 2 verse 8, Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 8, NKJV. Colossians 2 verse 8. The scripture will show us two sources of false doctrine. The Bible says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Alright? So, when we're talking about philosophy and empty deceit, all this is under the category of false doctrine. Then it says, according to the tradition of men and according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. So, you are seeing, number one, according to Christ, true doctrine. According to the tradition of men, according to the principles of the world, both false doctrine. Now, when it says, according to the basic principles of the world, other versions say, according to spiritual powers governing the world. Then the other one is saying, according to the traditions of men. It simply means there are certain doctrines that a man can deliberately introduce through culture. <laughs> yes. Have you noticed there are some times where you have a sore on your eye? What's the first thing people tell you? If you have a kasongela on your eye. They, they tell you 
you were looking at an uncovered person. Ah. <laughs> or if you have a pimple somewhere here, it's either the deconsum will come to you and say, You've got a crush on me. So you find that these are beliefs that people will begin to accept. Yet man has manufactured them. Ask Deacon Sam what he was told if he would still relish from the pot when he was young. They told him he would grow breasts. Yes. And people believe. They believe. There are certain doctrines that are introduced by men. And people end up believing and functioning by them. Yes. It's quite interesting that you hear some people who've been taught when you wake up, go outside and spit three times. Then you'll have a good day. And they do it. They do it. These are doctrines that have been introduced by men. Carry nothing. On the other hand, there are also doctrines that according to the spiritual powers <laughs> that are governing the world. In fact, in First Timothy chapter number 4 verse 1, Paul describes it that people will no longer endure sound doctrine, but they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of what? Devils. Yes. It simply means building and destroying is on the foundation of teaching. Yes. Praise be to God. That's why doctrine is very important. Extremely important. And so when churches were being addressed in the New Testament, the Bible shows us that doctrine was seriously touched. You'll be amazed as you study the epistles, there were certain doctrines that were introduced in the church that were very dangerous. And those doctrines had to be pushed away. Hallelujah. Sadly, even now, those doctrines are penetrating. So what do you need to do when we have a circle of believers who have access to both true doctrine and false doctrine? What do we do? Number one, Paul gave recommendations. Or rather, recommendations were given to the church concerning doctrines. And what are the recommendations? Acts 20 and verse 32. You will notice the recommendations that were given that helped people with sound doctrine. 
Acts 20 and verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. There's a recommendation. He's saying, I'm recommending you to God. You've made the right decision. Okay, you're now in God. But I'm also recommending you to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. So right doctrine is able to build you. But not just able to build you. It says unable to give you an inheritance. It simply means there will be things that you and I will not enjoy in our Christian walk until we learn the right truth. Yes. As long as you are exposed to what is wrong, you will not enjoy certain things in your Christian walk. Glory to God. Isn't it quite interesting, even when the Bible describes about the truth, what does it say? It says you shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? It's going to make you free. The truth has got to... Listen, how do you say you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free? It means the truth has got action power. It works on you. It's got action power. Make you free. It simply means if there were chains, the truth will remove the chains. And make sure the chains are not near you. It's got action power. That's what exposure to correct doctrine can do. Another, another recommendation that is given is in Second Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 16. Where the Bible says, All scripture... Is given by inspiration of God. Is God breathed. And it is profitable. For what? For doctrine. What is doctrine? It's instruction. It's teaching. It's knowing. Something that you will accept and believe. Hallelujah. Listen, so whatever you've gotten to accept and believe becomes your doctrine. If you believe you were meant to suffer, you have received a doctrine. Because that belief will affect how you relate with others. You've received a doctrine. If you believe you are cursed, you are exposed to a doctrine. And the doctrine you accept and believe will affect eventually your entire life. I know a man that decided... To say uh, he was he was not in Christ he was not a believer 
he was from another religion and he decided how it is so important to honor his god and he said i'm going to raise my hand for many days and keep it up this is in honor of my god and my god will reward me unfortunately this man raised his hand up and kept it like that for a very long time and after i'm not so sure how long he had kept it but when he was being interviewed he could no longer put it down vina chinja vintu mstructure manje that's what doctrines do the man even had the conviction yet conviction to a false doctrine hallelujah so there are recommendations you see people give you see people say you know what study the word of god let the word of christ dwell in you richly read the bible pray every day those are recommendations they are exposing you to the right doctrine in hebrews 2 verse 1 paul gave another recommendation hebrews 2 verse 1 it says therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard lest we drift away do you know the recommendation he gave He says that sermon you heard on Sunday listen to it again That sermon that you heard last year listen to it that year When they ask you what's your favorite sermon Tiziba okay explain how is Tiziba you keep quiet you just know the title Yet Paul is saying or the the author of Hebrews is saying give heed to the things you have heard so that you don't drift away It simply means you have to stay in correct doctrine. You if you are if you are going to if you are going to believe Jesus loves you, keep reminding yourself that Jesus loves you. Otherwise, if you stop reminding yourself that Jesus loves you, another doctrine will penetrate. So giving heed to the right doctrine sets a barricade against falsehood. Unfortunately it's the same for the for for false doctrine. There's some people who can defend false doctrine. Glory to God. So, while recommendations are given within the church, in a local church like this, we can give you recommendations. We will tell you listen to the Sunday service sermon. Then we'll give you another recommendation. Review it. Why are we telling you to review it? Because we understand it in your reviewing it, it is a form of meditation. You allow whatever you heard when you give heed to it again. What happens is that it settles within your spirit. Then we'll tell you listen to it on the podcast channel. Hey, as in as in I've never seen. 
Sermons are not even sold. They're not even selling you. Eh? The link has been sent. People don't want to listen. Oh my God. Eh? But if it's too... Free, free sermons. Don't want to listen. But if a, a certain person comes from abroad for a concert at Stanbic, you miss church. Uh, and go and pay to listen to that one. Niokosa. Uh, uh, apart from that, <laughs> apart from recommendations that were given with regards to doc- doctrines, we also see clarifications that are provided. So we can give recommendations and also we can give clarifications. It's important to get clarifications because clarifications help us side with what we believe in. Amen and amen. Somebody asked me, Pastor, the Bible tells us that Satan wanted the, mo- the dead body of Moses. Why did he want it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I don't know. Why did I say I don't know? Because the Bible did not tell us why he wanted it. Amen and amen. So if I was going to say he wanted it so that he can make a pillow in hell, then it's like I'm presenting to you doctrine that you will accept. Amen and amen. So, in getting clarifications, you observe that there are certain things on earth that we can answer you. But there are certain things we don't have answers. No, but I prayed for the person, I declared healing, they didn't get healed. Why? Stiziba. <laughs> you know, you know why they, you know maybe in heaven, why? But maybe from a lens of scripture we can say maybe there was not a working of faith. Maybe there was a few interferences here and there. We'll answer you from that. Now, in the early church, clarifications would usually be escalated to higher councils to comment. I'll give you an example. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 1, I want you to see that there was a new doctrine that penetrated. A serious new doctrine that penetrated. That was very dangerous. Acts 15 verse 1. The Bible says, And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised, According to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Ha! Now, these, these, are, these are within the church now. They've started teaching, unless you are circumcised, like a Jew, and follow the customs of Moses, you can't be saved. It's not possible. It's not possible. In short, this doctrine 
was fighting the truth that Gentiles can be saved. Because Gentiles were not circumcised. So it simply means, it's like you're saying after you give your life to Jesus, all of you, you need to be circumcised, then you're going to be saved. This is a teaching. It seemed small, but it started spreading. It started spreading. And people now began to question their salvation. Do you know why some of you are not sure of your salvation? It's because of teachings. You know you gave your life to Christ. Last year. You even have a date exactly. But the teaching in your head, you'll be like, what did you born again is? What did you born again? Because even now, if I were to ask you, where are you going? Are you going to heaven? Some of you will say, if, the, if it is the Lord's will. Ah, if it is the Lord's will. What did you hear that made you believe that way? You need to reach to a place where you understand truth. Where the Bible tells you that, do you not know that you are citizens of heaven? But not just citizens. You need to come to a place and say, me, if I don't go to heaven, I'm going where God will be. If God won't be in heaven, that's where I'm going to be. Yes. Praise be to God. So teachings like this are what brought questions to the salvation of people. And so what they did is that they went to Jerusalem and asked the council and said, please, we need guidance. We need a clarification. God, is it right that for me to be saved, I have to be circumcised? And they took it to the council. The council had the apostles. The big men. James was there. Peter was there. And they brought this question. James no yankako first. Peter na even no And they gave clarity that no. Jesus has made a way for everyone. And everyone can receive him. Clarification done. Doctrine ejected. Yes. Yes. So even in local churches, you can find that there are sometimes a teaching can come. Why? Because sometimes you have cell meetings. And just sometimes any of you teach. <laughs> and any of you teach. And so when you teach, you find that you, you wanted to be deep. But you entered the deep end. You entered the Chimugodi. And brought out a strange teaching. Very strange. Yet the people who respect you or who feel like, ah, they were in the house of God. Whatever is being taught is correct. 
And the pastor provides content. So you gave a strange teaching. Mm. How are you sure? And then now within the church, now they become to my conflict. What do you say about this? Is it right to do this? Is it right to do that? Someone once taught and stood. <laughs> Some people don't fear. Someone once taught and stood in front of an altar and said, I heard the Lord clearly. The Holy Spirit told me it's okay to kiss. He understands. He understands. It's okay to kiss. He understands. Mm. Ah, well. And so the person was saying, if you are dating, feel free. And everyone was like, Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs> hey. Niche doctrine has entered. Wrong teaching. So someone needs to come and clarify. And when they are clarifying, they will tell you, okay, what you heard, allow me to clarify this, this, this and that. You know. That's how it is. Sometimes, sometimes those teachings can come as attacks. Or certain information that comes within church circles can come as an attack. And sometimes you need to clarify. I remember it was here that I, I, I once shared with you how a pastor was casting out demons and they asked, and, they, and they, a man was casting out demons and they asked, Who sent you? And the demon said, Nibabusa. And from that time, everyone in church started suspecting the pastor being a satanist. Because the demon said, Nibabusa So you have to clarify. What are you going to clarify? You have to clarify that you cannot get authentic truth from a demon who is led by the father of lies. What truth do you expect from darkness? If, if, listen, if darkness speaks to you and it seems there is an element of truth, that is not truth. I want you to spell that word as deception. I'll give an example. Eve is in the garden and the enemy says, you will not die. You will simply just become like God. Now, the context of becoming like God was in knowing good and evil. And was it true? If they had eaten, they would know good and evil. Yes. But there was an element of deception. Praise be to God. Yes. So, if clarifications are given when doctrine, when authoritative doctrine is required, then not only should we have recommendations, not only should we have clarifications, then we should have preservations. In short, there should be systems to prevent you and I from false doctrine. You have to be. You have to be. And you see, sometimes when systems are put in place, it's very easy 
for someone to accuse you of maybe seriously controlling them. They'll call you cultists when you're introducing preservation. No, there are certain things you can there are certain things you can say in the local church. There are certain things I can tell you guys, but I can't tell other people. This is with regards to preservation. Why? Because not everyone has been put under my care. So, you find that someone comes and says, uh, I'll give you an example of, of teachings that you will find easily. The Bible is not complete. There are many other books out there. You come to me, Pastor, can I read the book of Joshua? I'll say, no. Depending on who you are. Can I read the bell and the dragon? I'll say, no. Can I read the book of Enoch? No. Why? You're being preserved. Amen and amen. You're being preserved. So there are certain systems that will have to be put in order that you may preserve people. Why? Because if they are not preserved, problems come in. In, in Revelation chapter number 2, verse 14, Jesus was speaking to the church at, at Pegamos. Now, he was correcting these guys. Because of, of some of the things that they were allowing. Before he corrected them, he told them of some of the things he was pleased with. But then he says, guys, I have a few things against you. Because you have there, you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to put a standing block before the children of Israel and to eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality? So, Jesus is speaking to the church at Pegamos and is telling them, I've got a problem with you. You are holding on to the doctrine of Balaam. In short, you are holding on to a false doctrine. Next verse. He says, thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Imagine, in one church, one group is holding on to the doctrine of Balaam. Another group is holding on to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And all of them are false doctrines. Hey. Now, <laughs> Remember it says he who has an ear let them let them let them listen to what the spirit of the Lord is saying. So it simply means before shepherds or pastors number 1 who doesn't like false doctrine is the Holy Spirit. Number 1 For him he will even say I have this against you. He is not blaming the doctrine. He is blaming you for holding on to the doctrine. Now, what was Balaam? What was Balaam teaching? 
Balaam taught the Israelites how to accommodate immorality. Or rather, he taught, he gave, he gave Balak some ideas. If you want the Israelites to fall, start intermarrying. Eh? He started giving them false teachings, trainings, and became a stumbling block. And so, when someone maybe holds on to the doctrine of Balaam, it simply means these are people who accommodate compromise in their life. And they feel it's okay. They sit in a mess and think it's a message. Eh? They accommodate. They hold on to it. I'm telling you, and some of you think that what you want to swallow my up, there are people, they will drink, they will drink alcohol and hold the mic the next day. In fact, not even the next day. They Alina <laughs> I Why? Why do they not have such reverence? Whereby they drink alcohol and again they come to hold the, they come on the altar and give profane fire. So there are certain teachings that really were quite dangerous. And, and the Holy Spirit was saying, no, 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 no. In the book of Jude, you will hear of what is known as the way of Balaam and the way of Cain. Those are, all those are, are teachings that penetrate the church. Then, Paul, while writing letters, he writes letters to one of his leaders. He writes letters to one of his pastors, Timothy. And I want to show you why, why preservation is important. And I, not only do I want to show you why preservation is important? I want to show you how they did preservation here. Listen. So Paul writes to Timothy. Come, Timothy. <laughs> yeah. So Paul writes to Timothy. And while he writes to Timothy, he tells them this. Paul tells Timothy this. He says, when you are going that side... Beware of three brothers. How many brothers? Three. The number one, the first name is Alexander. Adimuchech, Alex. Eh? Beware of Jimenas. And beware of Philetus. He gave three names. He says, these guys are teaching lies in the church. They are teaching serious lies. 
So as you study the epistles, some of you, you will notice some of the lies that were taught. Like for example, in the book of Thessalonians, you will notice that there was a teaching that was given and the teaching that was there is that the rapture has already happened. So, the people who were teaching were saying, because in Thessalonica, people were suffering. Like there was persecution. So, someone comes and says, you are suffering because the rapture has already happened and God has carried his people. It was a teaching. (laughs) Uh, And this is where now you understand why Paul makes certain statements. You'll be like, do not be alarmed that the day of the Lord has come. You shall know that the day of the Lord is drawing near when the restrainer has been removed away. So he's explaining. But before the restrainer has been removed away, and after this, or rather, after the restrainer has been removed away, then the son of perdition will be made manifest. After the restrainer has been removed away. Then he says, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall all appear before the Lord. Why is he teaching that? Because someone is saying, the rapture has already happened. Oh, do you know that people are also saying it right now? <laughs> the rapture is happening. How? It says, we will all appear. There's no way you can say the rapture. Uh, at, at least start reporting. No, they, they should report on news that someone was is missing. Deconsum is no longer there. We we tried to reach out for him. He's no longer there. Amen and amen. So there are some who are teaching that the rapture has happened, but then there are others. In Corinth, in the church of Corinth, the first one was the Thessalonica. In the church of Corinth, there was another group of people that was teaching on the baptism of the dead. Mm. Now, what is the doctrine of the baptism of the dead? Come. The doctrine of the baptism of the dead is like this. I preached to you. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Unakana. Then when you die, we say, ah, he didn't give his life to Jesus. Anyway, we shall baptize you. We don't know in whatever name. But we shall baptize you. And when you are baptized, you will find yourself in the middle to have a choice to choose between heaven or hell. That was the baptism of the dead. Do you know why you are saying ah? It's because you know you've been you've been exposed to right doctrine. Listen, the people that were there, they believed. You be, you even begin to think, oh, Nimadaro. <laughs> yes. There are doctrines, there are doctrines that come even because of certain things that happen. There's a doctrine uh, uh, that I, I think God, the church, had to push out. And this is a doctrine of, of transference of spirits. Now, uh, this one was, was sourced from Elisha. 
Remember when Elisha died and the Bible says a man was put on his bones and then he came back to life. So they, many people introduced a doctrinal way of impartation where someone should go on the grave of another and receive spirits. Uh-huh. Yeah? I know. I know. And these things, they happen. They happen. So you find that Muntuaenda a grave of someone who died a very long time. Father God, whatever was on Apostle Samuel Mogala, I want it double portion on me. As I lay on this grave, I engrave the anointing into my system. False doctrines, they affect your belief system, they affect your actions. And they affect who governs you. At the end of the day, you subscribe to a false doctrine. Remember, there is a tradition of men. There is according to Christ and according to the spiritual forces that govern the world. So that which you subscribe to becomes your new master. So in the end, you'll find that people start subscribing to falsehood and demons are controlling them. That's why doctrine is very, very important. Extremely important. Now, it is good that Paul had to mention names. Sometimes to your own people, mention names who not to listen to. Hello? Especially when you notice this is a threat. Because, hey, once they start coming, then becomes dangerous message. Listen, listen to what the Bible says. I, I really want to show you why the preservation is important. Second Timothy, thank you. Second Timothy uh, 2, verse 17. Second Timothy two and verse seventeen. Zebra gadige zebra huza. Start from this. Uh, okay, yeah. It says their message will spread like what? Like cancer. Their message will spread like cancer. Jimenas and Philetus are of this sort. Where are they? They are in the church. They are not outside. It's their teaching. So he's saying Jimenas and Philetus are of this sort. Their message spreads like cancer. Do you know what happens when you have cancer? That cancer cell begins to replicate and starts destroying surrounding tissues. It starts destroying the very things that are correct. And cancer, the way it will spread, my goodness. 
So it was uku. It just starts spreading. And that's how he's describing a false doctrine. It spreads like cancer. It simply means if you have... <sighs> Listen. There are many types of cancers, right? Would you at any moment ever agree that just give me a small cancer, even cancer of the throat? Would you ever agree? Oh, check cancer. Cancer of the stomach, cancer of the throat, cancer, different cancers. Would you ever agree? No, everything is okay. Just give me a cancer of the throat. You would never agree, right? That's what happens if you've got collectively true doctrines, then you accept one false doctrine. Now that one doctrine, because it is a cancer, that one false doctrine, because it is a cancer, it has to spread. So it destroys other fundamental beliefs in your life. That's why the deliverance of others is not casting out demons, it's teaching them. It's teaching them and it is causing them to unlearn certain things and relearn again. Imagine, how do you teach someone a doctrine that Jesus is not God? How? How? Hey, I may not say much, but how do you, how? No, First Timothy, maybe let me look at the, First Timothy 4 verse 1. We can maybe at least see a few doctrines just in case you subscribe to them. So that you denounce them. Second Timothy, first Timothy 4 verse 1. First Timothy 4 verse 1. Now, Paul, is it Paul? The Spirit, the Holy Ghost. What is he saying? He expressively says, he's saying, he's saying, he's saying that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed. Listen, before you give heed to a doctrine of demon, there's a spirit that you're going to give heed to. You don't just accept a, a doctrine. You first accept a spirit. Next verse. That's why <laughs> that's why it's important if you in are in any capacity to teach, surround yourself with people who you can present convictions and doctrines to. And say, what do you think about this? When they say no, the problem is that we want to be islands. And you want to keep spiritual fathers that are in Iceland. So they can't comment on you. Uh, they can't comment on your teaching. They don't even know you. My father, my father in the land of Nankani. They don't know you. Uh, you don't even want to go to local church now. Now, no, me, my, I'll be joining my father uh, live. We'll be together. We are connected. Distance is not a barrier. There's already a barrier in your head. Listen, 
Look at what happens. It says speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. It simply means there's a place where after you give heed to false doctrines, your conscience, listen, your conscience, you think it's, you know when your conscience is sneered, there are certain things that don't affect you. It's like, it's like you can insult. And then it says, why watukana? And then you break, ah, serious? Natukana? Nalakwa? Ah, watukana. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Watukana. Ah. Amen and amen. There are certain people that they are so, they are so used for negating before service, after service. It doesn't move them. And then you're busy singing, I need you more. Who do you need more? And it's not even affecting. You are not moved. Your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. Your conscience is that element that allows you to make sound decisions. But if it's been seared, it simply means you are now under control. You are being controlled. So even when we are greeting you, we should ask you, how many are you? Living in this body, how many? You are many. Okay, next verse. (laughs) Next verse. Now he's talking about the teachings. Forbidding to marry. No, you are, you are not supposed to marry. <laughs> you are a remnant. <laughs> Forbidden to marry. Commanding to abstain from foods which God created. What is it saying? False doctrine. Can I poke on this point? Okay. <laughs> you need a level of intelligence to pick up such this <laughs> spiritual intelligence. But I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is the Bible says these teachings forbidden to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created. What creation have you made? Uh, verse 4. Verse 4. Hey. <laughs> I wake up and I <laughs> you can find media is vexed. Be free to eat. Is there something that you have felt? <laughs> you are poking my tradition, sir. Ah well, it's just an important scripture. So yes. You need to be guarded against doctrines 
I like it when my those under me write books and then they send it to me so that I read so that I can make a comment that eh, okay I love this revelation but remove it <laughs> yes Amen and amen. Otherwise, you're going to be given serious doctrines. Doctrines that are moving around. Someone once made a doctrine. You can even make false doctrines by bringing scripture together. Someone said, Jesus is the bright and morning star. And Lucifer is called the son of the morning. Hence, they are brothers. From scripture, don't we see that Jesus is the bright and morning star? Yes. From scripture, do we not see that Lucifer is the son of the morning? Yes. But who made them brothers? And then they say, Lucifer and Jesus had a fight in heaven. Oh, yes. They had a fight in heaven. And then Lucifer killed Jesus. And that's why the Bible says he was slain before the foundation of the world. Nonsense! Listen, if your spirit, if your spirit is, is well built, do you know that you can get sick with false doctrine? If your spirit is well built. It happened to me, I listened to false doctrine. I got sick for one week physically. I said, Lord, you can get sick, but if your conscience is snared, you will not be sick. <laughs> you will be like Naiguila. Now, why, first doctrine, you know what now people are saying? At, only for the wise. Only the deep. This is meat. <laughs> huh? This is meat. No, not only for the mature. <laughs> oh yes. So, how we begin to measure your doctrinal levels is what you teach. I want you to understand there are certain recommendations that were given. Paul said, what you heard from me. Practice. And do it. Okay? That's what he said. Then the, in Acts chapter number 2, should be verse 42. Give it to me. I hope I got it correct. I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. Scripture is nice. Acts 2, 42. <clears throat> Listen to this. And they continued. This is the early church. And they continued steadfastly. In what? The apostles' doctrine. It's the doctrine that they were being fed at their local church that they should continue steadfastly. We are teaching on the church community. Tomorrow we'll teach on spiritual warfare. Tomorrow we'll do this. Then you, in cell, you want to teach about feathers of angels. Where are you getting that from? Well, what, then where, what are you listening to? I really have no problem with 
maybe listening to other sermons. Have no problem. But I tell people exercise caution. And if you are in a learning phase, if you get something that you didn't understand, come and ask, what does this mean? Then we will tell you, don't subscribe to that channel. Yes. Some of you, when you are, when you are, when you are narrating, how are you sure? You know, there are certain people, even within the church, you, you find that they are teaching. And they will give reference to... No, there's a point that uh, I heard Deacon Sam give one of these days and uh, he was encouraging us to give. While they are teaching, they will teach, teach, teach. Then be like, Mama Shea said this during moment of encouragement. Shan, shan, shan. Now then there are others. When they stand, there is a certain man who once uh, said this statement. Who is that man? First tell us. Always, they, they can't quote anyone within the church circles. They are overseas to Iceland. Yet those same people who are Iceland will not bless their marriage, will not baptize them, will not counsel them. And you've got different problems and that same person overseas doesn't even know you. Most likely. So it's showing you what they gave heed to first. Why? Because while you are in that shipfold and you are listening to the doctrines that you are being established in, you will easily grow and be preserved from strange doctrines. There's nothing wrong. Even me, even though I teach today, I can teach on something. If you didn't understand it, come and say, ah, Pastor, what did you mean when you said this and this? I should show you from scripture. I'm not saying by default, whatever you hear, if you just hear, hey, you have got it. No. That's why we, ha- we, we got a big screen for you. So that when we make a point, <laughs> we get it from here and you are seeing yourself. Amen and amen. Yes. So, these is what happened. Doctrine was being preserved. And it's important that all the doctrinal beliefs that you're having, start subjecting them. Start sending them. Even before you post on Facebook, if you post a false doctrine on Facebook and they start attacking you, (laughs) you want me to comment and support your doctrine? I'll also attack you in the PM. Oh, but why? How can you be posting that? Glory to God. Ask. As we ask each other. I've got, a, I've got, I've got, I've got my pastor. I've also got a, a, a council of brethren. Sometimes, Pastor Daniel asks, okay, should I post this? Sometimes I can ask him, like, should I post this? Then they'll be like, ah, okay, okay, yeah. Amen and amen. Alright. So, apart from doctrines that were addressed, there were also disciplines that were addressed within the church. There were disciplines that were addressed in church. And I'll quickly talk about this, then we conclude. 
Now with disciplines, disciplines were diverse. There were divine disciplines. There were corrective disciplines. When I say divine disciplines, I'm talking about judgments that were happening. Like for example, Ananias and Sapphira, that was judgment where they died. There's a man in the book of uh, Acts 12, is it also 13, uh, uh, from the, uh, he was called Elimas. His, his other name was Bajesus. This guy also, they gave him some serious discipline. And the discipline they gave him is that because you are fighting the gospel, you shall be blind. Did he become blind? Yes. <laughs> they happen. Those are divine disciplines. Then there are corrective disciplines. Disciplines are important. And in discipline, what you observe is that sometimes there is what is known as correction that takes place in a discipline, but there is also what is known as a rebuke. And at the end of the day, both of them are to put you in your place. So, correction is important. Rebukes are important. Amen and amen. But the Bible also shows us where rebukes and corrections are not bearing fruit, you remove. Hallelujah. I want to show you. I said there were, there were three people that were difficult. Jimenez, Philetus, and Alexander. Alex, do you know the discipline they received? Let me show you. First Timothy 1 verse 20. First Timothy 1 verse 20. This one was divine judgment. But now see a chain at all. First Timothy 120. Of whom are Jimenez and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. They were handed over to Satan. In short, they were ex- yeah. <laughs> not even to God. <laughs> they were handed over to Satan. It says, I've handed over. You don't want to listen. Let Satan feed, with, feed on you. And this was happening in the church. So there are disciplines that come within church. Now, ideally, discipline is a function of love. It's a function of love to put you, to restore you. But if you refuse to be restored... You cannot force restoration on somebody. You really cannot force restoration on somebody. So you find that within the church and even within local churches, there are disciplines that take place in most cases. In Matthew 18 verse 15, Jesus was describing something in how some, some disciplines take place. Matthew 18 15. It says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Level one. Right? Then it says, if he hears you, you have gained your brother. 
Next verse. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. It means you have escalated the case. Next verse. By the way, this, this is Jesus who was saying this. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Escalation again. <laughs> But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Excommunicate him. There's a place where the last option is leave the church. Because why? Somebody doesn't want to hear. And these are not nice things to do. Very, very not nice things to do. But it's a, there are disciplines that happen in the church. Why are you finally handling this? Because you understand that even though this guy is dressing as a sheep, he has become a wolf. So he becomes dangerous to the entire flock. So to preserve the entire flock, you excommunicate. Hello? Yes. But nevertheless, discipline was there to restore. It's there to restore. It's there to be corrected. Whoever you are, as long as you are in church circles, you need to have a heart of being corrected. As long as there is someone above you. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's only the pastor. Who can correct? Here. You've seen him. He's a leader. If he comes to correct you, as long as you are under him, as long as you are under him, you should hear. Amen and amen. You should hear. The problem will come in if you refuse to give heed to what he says. Ideally, did you know any time you rebel against leaderships that are ordained, the first person you're offending is the pastor. Yeah. In fact, it's not even the pastor, it's God. Because he establishes leadership. So, sometimes you can be corrected. You can be corrected can you come to church on time? I was sure. It's interesting you guys even did a sketch. Yeah. Or can you do this? You are corrected. Walk in that correction. There is a problem when your, your ear becomes deaf to corrections and rebukes. There are some people... It's like even rebukes don't move you. Why are you behaving like that? That is absurd. They will shout at you. That's not right. In the eyes of God, you will just be like, I'm sorry. Ah? 
kind regards, sincere apologies. It will never happen again. <laughs> Are we sure? But then you go back to the same. Quite dangerous. And I'll show you why it's quite dangerous. But nevertheless, there is a place while divine disciplines are going on. Remember, there is a law of productivity. And Jesus said, if, if a branch does not bear fruit, what do you do? You cut it out. It simply means in systems, if you are being corrected, guided, rebuked, yet in those systems you are still remaining unproductive, you have to be cut out. In short, if it means being removed from leadership, you do what? Now, why? Why remove someone from leadership? I really want to show you this so that you catch it. Today, if I ever remove you from leadership, I know all of you are good people. You can't be removed from leadership. Ah, you said amen, right? Ah, you're not saying amen. <laughs> Why aren't people saying amen? Aren't you good people? Yes. Uh-huh. Now, if you are removed from leadership, if I were to remove you from leadership, do you know what I'm doing? I'm preserving you. Hello. If I were to remove you from leadership, I'm preserving you. Let me show you how I'm preserving you. Jeremiah 48 verse 10. By the way, do you have ESV? But you can just give me NKJV for now. But just check if you have ESV. If you do. Okay, give me Jeremiah 48 verse 10. Give me NKJV. Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully. And cursed is he who keeps back his word from blood. Give me ESV. Then you will give me Amplified so that you understand. Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord with slackness. So if slack continues, you have to be removed lest you find yourself wanting with the Lord. Now look at what it also said. It says, and cursed is he who keeps back the sword from bloodshed. In short, he's saying, cursed is the one who doesn't pass judgment. So it simply means, if you are supposed to be removed, and I don't remove you, it, your punishment comes on me. So I'm preserving you. <laughs> Ooh, and me. <laughs> yes. That's why, have you observed... Eli's sons were sinning, not Eli. But judgment came on Eli and his sons because he did not correct his sons. Yeah. Hallelujah. So there are certain disciplines that take place within church and everyone 
should have a posture where they are receptive or are able to be disciplined so that you are restored. You are able to be corrected. They will tell you, no, 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 no. This is not how you do it. Oh, no, 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 no. This is how something should be done. It should be a posture of everyone within the church. You shouldn't be in a place where if they, if they discipline, in, and this is a problem that many people have. Some people, when they are disciplined, they threaten to leave the church. But this is a system that should be everywhere. Discipline should be everywhere. They correct you. You should be doing this. Ah, it's okay. I'll just leave. I'll just go to another church. Now, the problem is that if you left, because discipline was due to you and you did not receive it, you will carry that one which starts with C. And when you carry it and go to another church, eh, you might need more again discipline. Otherwise, you will keep going to church. That's why now you now see someone go church after church. They don't settle. They are here, there, there, the uku uku. Hey, moving to and fro like a rolling lion. The only difference is not seeking to devour, but seeking to be devoured. Yeah. Yes. So, God initiates systems of discipline within the church so that you may be corrected. That's why, I know, at the end of the day, the way the church disciplines, disciplines you, they've disciplined you like that. Don't even be commenting on disciplines. Ah, they were harsh on him. What do you mean they were harsh on him? Yeah, I don't com- I don't nankan. There are certain disciplines that may happen in other churches. You find that uh maybe uh you have fallen from grace and they make you stand in front. <laughs> I say brothers and sisters, uh we have a wounded buffalo today. And uh, unfortunately, we are suspending them, but support them. Yeah. Now, even though you can say they shouldn't be doing that, read it in Timothy, it's actually there. It says if they don't listen, make them stand in front so that the rest fear. Yeah, it's in your Bible. So when discipline comes, don't choose the discipline because you are not a disciplinarian. Receive it wholeheartedly. Swallow. It's a bitter pill. Swallow. But at the end of the day, get restoration. That's the purpose of the discipline. Get restoration. That's all. There are certain consequences that would come to certain men. <laughs> Maybe like, uh, like Samson. Disciplined, yeah, disciplined for, not, for, <laughs> for cutting your hair. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, doctrines 
were addressed. And there were recommendations. Follow the teachings in your local church. There were, there were, there were recommendations. Listen to the word of God continuously. There were recommendations. Study the scriptures. Then when clarifications were needed, platforms were given. When preservations were required, some people had to be told, avoid Jimenez, avoid Alexander, avoid. There were preservations. And these are the things that as you give heed to doctrine, do likewise. Practice these things. Allow yourself to be taught like the way you are being taught. Listen to these messages over and over again. Give heed to the doctrine. Then position yourself for divine discipline. It simply means sometimes if you want a tree to grow better, prune it. You prune it. The cutting pens, but the cutting is not to hurt you, it's to mold you. Sometimes don't even allow levels of discipline to reach to divine judgment. If you are just being corrected, okay, just correction, just let it end on correction level. Oh no, deconsum. That's not how you're supposed to do things. Let it end like that. There are some people who only want to change after you threaten guns to their head. You just, listen. I'll be honest with you. I'm one person. I don't enjoy shouting at people. I don't. I, I even I even avoid. Sometimes I even be soft. No, don't do this. Don't do this. But even if you push me to limits, there's a high possibility I'll just keep quiet, but I'll just remove you. Amen and amen. Yes. Position yourself for disciplines. So that you may grow to become fruitful and productive. It's very, very important. Now, the Bible says, when doctrine has not been properly established, it gives birth to the third point we'll start looking at next week. Disputes. Let's rise to our feet.